Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, welcome to the Car Chat Podcast. I'm Sam Moores, and with me today, I'm in Spain on a, a WRC event, and we've got with me Chris Roars. Hello. Hello. Nice welcome. to meet you, Sam. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. I've sort of slightly <laughs> roped you in. Yeah. Chris is my, uh, I don't know, sort of guide, I guess, on this event. Yeah. But- yeah, I would say I was a guide, chaperone, uh, just to making sure that you stand in the right places and don't get <laughs> injured, which is uh, which but is the main thing. You have. Can you give a sort of a little bit of a background, short background of sort of who you are, what you do, and then? Yeah. Okay. Well. First of all, it's great to great to meet you because yeah, I saw welcome. Sam Moore's on the on the guest list. Sam Moore's, and you were down as influencer. I was like, that's that's, that's pretty cool. So, uh, um, yeah, yeah, who's that guy? But uh, but it's been really great to uh, get to get to meet you. But um, I'm sort of like. I'm, I'm your chaperone this weekend in Rally Catalonia uh, for Toyota Gazoo Racing, the World Rally Team, uh, who are at the moment leading the World Rally Championship, yep. and this is the penultimate round of the series. Myself, I've been working in motorsport since uh, around about 1998. Primarily, I started working in in in, in radio and and broadcast engineering, and uh, the company I worked for, we, we did a lot of stuff with the World Rally Championship. Mm. And at the start of the early 2000s, um, we, we devised... Um, um, World Rally Radio, which was the uh, the first sort of live streamed coverage of the World Rally Championship, yeah. and we ran that for about uh, uh, ten years or so. And mm. then, as the internet's moved on, uh, WRC.com now is uh, is live streaming all the stages, and it makes sense to bring uh, the sport to the fans at home. Yeah, that's me. And this weekend, <laughs> I'm working for Toyota. Um, it, kind of a busman's holiday for me. So uh, so. As, as well as reporting on motorsport, I also uh, absolutely take great joy in uh, in taking guests such as yourselves out on rally events and, and taking them to the heart of the action. And 
basically like, passing on my knowledge to yeah. you guys there to uh, convert the masses to Just the world around Originally, it. I wasn't sure quite how I was going to structure some content around this trip. And I was like, okay, I kind of want to do a podcast, but I don't know quite how it works. And I definitely don't know enough about rallying in any shape or form to impart some knowledge to my listeners. So I thought, actually... And then we, we started talking. I was like, right, you are the per- per- perfect person. You have a wealth of knowledge. And I was yeah. like, let's, let's maybe almost do like a beginner's guide to WRC yeah. from my point yeah. of view. Because for me, this is a learning experience and this <laughs> podcast is kind of my journey. Um, so I thought, let's run through some of the, the basic things about rallying and whatever. And then we can also talk about this weekend and where we are with Toyota and the championship and stuff like that. But yeah. there's maybe some, take me back to sort of bare basics WRC, what are the cars? Okay. There's different classes and stuff like that? Yeah, different classes. You've got the WRC1 cars, which is the pinnacle of the sport. So the, the, the World Rally Championship is the highest level of competition, a bit like Formula 1. And I suppose the downfall of rallying is it's quite difficult to follow because you're battling against the elements and you're battling against the clock against your teammates. Mm. So when you're watching circuit racing, you know who's winning because it's the car out in front and it's the one with the fastest time on, on the timing sheet. With rallying, uh, we're out in the wilderness. We're using closed public roads here in, in Catalonia. So we're on a tarmac event this weekend. So we're using the public roads that the everyday Juan and Carlos and everyone who are going about their daily business uh and they are uh, driving on and competing on here this weekend the world rally championship yeah pinnacle of the sport there is a lot of uh, subcategories regional rallies mm. uh, grassroots stuff around airfields and the ultimately everybody wants to be a world rally championship driver <laughs> so uh, or a wrc driver uh you look back to the glory days we had richard burns who was uh england's only uh, world rally champion you had colin mccrae yeah. and so i suppose sam uh, not being disrespectful to you but but you're sort of age you remember colin mccrae as yeah. the uh, the playstation game <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and some yeah. subarus with gold wheels exactly yeah yeah and uh, and that was sort of the glory days of the championship in the early 2000s and and we've come up the the, the world track rally championship carries on it, it it is always constantly evolving the fia who run the sport the world's most sport go- governing body uh, they're, they're they're keen on a, making rallying safe for the spectators, mm. safe for the drivers, and, uh, and also bringing it to, uh, to many, many markets around the world. Ultimately, it sells cars. So for Toyota this weekend, we're using the Yaris car. Um, so it's the Yaris road-going car uh, that has been prepared, prepared to make it a sort of fire-breathing monster, yeah. basically. Using the, uh, the engine that's inside it, tuning it all up, putting funky suspension on it, roll cage inside it, making it super safe for the competitors and super fast. And this year is a, a transitional year for uh, the World Rally Championship because we're using hybrid technology as well yeah. this year. Um, so not only do we have the engine in the front that propels the car, but then there's the added extra boost. And it's all part of sustainable motorsport and the, the transition that we're going with um, electric mobility at the moment. Yeah. You know, we're keen, we're in this transitional period to, to move from combustion engines to also uh, sort of more um, sustainable forms of propulsion to uh, to get us from point is A the, to B. Is there some stigma in the rally community over this sort of, I don't know, whether like, it's like heyday of fire-breathing cars that have then got, you know, I, I say tamer, but they're definitely faster. Yeah. Like yeah. tamer over time in terms of the sort of 
based what you might consider specs. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if you if you look back to the absolute glory days, uh, and they were dangerous days, is is Group B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we talk about Group B rallying, and uh, they were fire-breathing monsters, just absolute beasts, but not very safe. Yeah. Uh, I, technology has moved on, like everything. You know, we've got safer and safer. And back in the day, in the Group B era, the, the cars didn't have as much suspension travel. So uh, racing at speed on, on, on the competitive stages, the cars would skip and bounce all over the shop, you know, because the suspension couldn't soak up the bumps. Yeah. And as, as we've evolved and the sport's evolved and technology has evolved, you know, there's more suspension travel. So the cars can soak up the bumps and remain a bit more planted to the stage rather yeah. than uh, bouncing around all over the place. And things have evolved. We've had um, hands devices which have, uh, which yeah. have come in, and that's to stop uh, lateral sort of neck damage. And uh, you look at the old days in Group B, and, and, and the driver's heads are wobbling around, and there's hardly any kind of safety yeah, cells yeah. inside the car. And now it, it, it makes me cringe looking at those videos. Yeah. The cars were beautiful, but they were super dangerous. So it is it's an incredible sport to watch, but it's a very, very specialist sport to watch. You, uh, you're, you're fighting against the clock. And for us here today in, in Rally Spain, we're, we're up in the hills and we're standing at the side of a piece of tarmac that just four hours ago <laughs> was, was open to the public. Yeah. So we've got spectators that have come up here and they've been camping overnight and we're just waiting. And it, it's kind of like a, a community because we're a, a tribal bunch of people and we head out to the stages and we all sit around and Rally Finland, you've got people having barbecues and drinking yeah. beer all weekend. Uh, Rally Greece, uh, we were in New Zealand just a few weeks ago back in Auckland, the first time in 10 years yeah. that the World Championship headed down south. COVID had a big problem uh, and, and sort of stifled the fun mm. and, and the community spirit of rallying. Although the World Rally Championship ran during COVID, it was behind closed doors. Everyone was working in bubbles. Yeah. So it just lost that kind of party atmosphere. But what is good for me and also for you is this weekend in Spain, we're, we're back. You know, we're, we're without face masks. We're standing close <laughs> together at the side of the stage. And, uh, and, and this is actually the first event in a long, long time that we've been able to welcome guests at Toyota yeah. back back to the stages and, and you're one of them so you're in it a privileged is, position my friend it's really cool actually and I, I mean I've, li- like, I've never been to a rally event anywhere ever and I'm now standing next to the track mm-hmm. in inverted commas but it's super cool because it's a road yeah. so no other sort of, sort of motorsport mm-hmm. apart from actually I was in Australia a couple of years ago and I drove around the Bathurst track because it's a road yes a bit like the yeah. Mont you can drive around it as a road yeah. but this if you want to mm-hmm. You can just drive the stage. Yes. And it's yeah. exactly the road they're driving. Yes. You can drive it just after them yeah. if you want or before. Yeah. Yeah. And then you yeah. probably get a. Yeah. That probably gives you a bit of an appreciation if you maybe look at some in car or yeah. see some of like how fast they were going down that road. Yes. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, the, um, everybody can use, use the rally stage. You've just got a helicopter coming in above us because we're just ferrying <laughs> guests up to the stages. So uh, it's, it's kind, of, kind of a bit rock and roll style landing in the stages. Because yeah, yeah. we're in a privileged spot here looking at this ribbon of tarmac. And what I find totally fascinating is that we've got this smooth piece of, uh, of, 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 of asphalt. And Catalonia, Spain is a very, very famous rally. 
it's smooth tarmac it's 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 almost a ribbon of tarmac mm. lacing its way through the vineyards where we are now and um anyone can drive on these roads the the competitors uh, here running on the wrc this weekend they have two passes so before the event they can recce the stage twice um okay. so they drive through in their recce cars which yeah. is which is not the competition car it is a similar car yeah. uh they they rig the car with you know gopro onboard cameras mm. and they sit with their co-driver and they come through and they write the pace notes so it's the co-driver's job to read out the pace notes in a sort of a clear precise form to pass that information on to the driver so the driver can react to what is coming up on the road ahead mm. so the drivers drive through the stage um, they, they recce they write the pace notes and then this morning you know we're now under competition speeds yeah. and then it's their chance against the clock to set the fastest time from point a to point b on a closed public road have you got your head switched yeah, on yeah, so yeah, far yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. and one thing we were talking about yesterday was the idea of cutting so yeah so everyone seems to come and stand <laughs> right next to us and play helicopter noises but it, it and that's it it's the start time and the where you leave the start and where you finish yes. how you get between the two if you suddenly decided you were going to go massively off road it wouldn't be very quick no. but that's not actually necessarily a problem it's it, you have to keep uh, two wheels on the stage okay. at all times okay. so you can cut so cut, cutting is um, on this kind of uh, event just got one of the safety cars coming through so this is um, it doesn't really work on the podcast Sam because this is audio <laughs> but we've got a car coming now so uh these are one of the closing cars. So this is a double zero car. So before the stage goes live, uh, this time of the morning, it's 10.38, the first car, the first car yeah. is on the road. We have to close the road in a safe way. So right. we're taking it from a public road to a competition road. So we run a series of cars through the stage. Safety one, safety two, triple zero, double zero, zero so car. Countdown. Yeah. And then the zero car that's just passed us now is the last car that goes through the stage prior to the stage going live. Through the stage, we have radio points. So there's marshals in the stage yeah. to make sure that the, the zero car has passed them. And primarily we need to keep the sport safe so if a car under competition speed comes off the road and heaven forbid crashes we know exactly where the car has crashed right. and we can send medical um uh, teams to to the car to to make sure the driver and co-driver are okay all the vehicles are gps tracked yeah. so we know exactly where they are to they pretty stop. much the meter yeah. where they stop and also inside the car, they have a, a safety button. So they have a, a basically an SOS button. So if there is a big problem, okay. they press the SOS button, which immediately neutralizes the stage. Any other, uh, any other car that's in the stage is red, red flagged or, uh, and, and yeah. has to stop, take the foot off the gas. You think about, I mean, we, we, we'll get, sorry, we've got away from, um, from, from cutting <laughs> the stage, right. but, but we primarily have to run this event safely. Because yeah. if we look back to the Group B days, we had a lot of dangerous events, yeah. and unfortunately... Crowds on the road. Yeah, crowds on the road, uh, fatalities for drivers, and, and the key is to get um, to, to the scene of an incident safely to protect the, the driver and co-driver. Yeah. Um, it is very, very safe. We, we think at the moment that we're standing here in the middle of nowhere, and if a car went off the road in front of us, they're on their own. This is probably one of the safest sports there is, because we know today the cars are running at three-minute intervals. Yeah. So if the co-driver, if, co if the car goes off the road, 
in three minutes' time, there's the, the second competitor on the road that's going to arrive on the scene. Yeah. So help is no more than three minutes away. Okay. At the maximum, but the chances are that we can get a, an ambulance there quicker or marshals yeah, to help yeah, the driver yeah. and co-driver. Um, what happens to the car? So a car goes off, mm-hmm. the car behind stage gets red flagged. Yes. Do they get to start stage again? Uh, they will g- be given a nominal time based on a previous time. So they will have an average time given to them from the stewards. It all gets a bit complicated so, yeah, behind closed doors. But the, the, the sort of the ultimate thing with rallying is over this weekend, 19 special stages, so that's 19 time stages here in Spain. We've got a whole load of competitors from all over the world, from Japan, New Zealand, um, and and, and so on. And uh, we've got the world rally champion, who is uh, Cali Rovenpera, who is an absolute legend. Uh, He's competing here this weekend. Um, And during those 19 stages, it's the driver who completes those 19 stages in the least time possible. So, i.e., the fastest through each stage accumulated over the 19 stages wins the event. With different types, because like different rallies in different countries have different kind of, whether it's surface Mm. or temperature, Mm. weather, whatever. Mm. This is a tarmac rally. Yes. And does that make the times closer together? Yeah, yeah, it's it, it is. You know, tarmac rallies are um, uh, yeah notoriously quick. The cars are, are set up almost in go kart setting, so they're they're lowered down. It's the same body shell that you'd use on a gravel rally, just they change the suspension linkages yeah. at all four corners to make the car either higher or lower to soak up the bump, and then and then change the tires from asphalt tarmac tires to gravel tires yeah. for a gravel rally. Um, so so this is a super quick rally, but. At the moment, this is the first pass this morning. The stage is nice and clean. The tarmac is nice and clean because it's a public road. The first car on the road this morning can take a cut. So they, don't, they, they can't take a short cut, but in, in the apexes of the corner, they can cut the car into, into the corner. This is what we were talking yeah. about a short while ago. It takes me a long time sometimes <laughs> to go round in a big circle to get to where we, where we need to go. So in front of us, we can see this, this apex, and it's, there's a little bit of... We can almost see a, a, a line at the moment of dirt that's just been flattened. Yeah. And that has been from, from the wreckying when the drivers have come through. And, and they've made a note. There might be a, a rock or something in the inside of the apex of that cut. So you sometimes hear, if you're watching onboard footage, you know, right 50, uh, I don't know, three right minus over crest, don't cut, which means... The, the co-driver said, don't cut after that three right, right. minus over. It might over be a big rock or yeah. A, yeah. a segment of yeah. bridge or something. Yeah. yeah, something to catch the Those mouse, yeah. notes that you mm. hear, mm. whether it's on the radio mm. or a video game or whatever, what, yeah. what do they mean? So you might do like a three right 50. Yeah. What, what yeah. does that actually mean? The, each it, it, is really interesting. It's like uh, shorthand writing, um, you know, if, you, if you're taking notes mm. down. Each driver and co-driver combination have their own sort of preferred use of note delivery. Right. So three right minus over crest. Um, I haven't got a clue, to be honest. It's not a gear <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. It, yeah, yeah. It can, be, it can be a gear selection. It can be number of metres before the next, right. uh, next corner or left. So that's your 100 yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a square left into three right minus. Um, Scott Martin, who co-drives for Elvin Evans, yeah. um, our, our sort of British team, um, they, they, Scott always uses this, uh, this, this, this phrase, nips, nips over crest, I think it is. <laughs> so the, 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 the road corners, let's say right over crest. So it's over a yeah. crest of a hill, but nips means it just gets a little bit tighter towards the end. So okay. it nips in. Um, 
and there's uh, what's the other one uh, shiny is another one you hear the word shiny um, you don't really get it here in Spain but sometimes where they repair the road in certain countries um, they put a like a, a tar on the top yeah. which when it's baked in the sunshine becomes very very smooth okay. and shiny so there's no gravel mixed in with the tar so it's just like this not as grippy yeah super uh, and today is nice and dry but if you get wet rain or a humid conditions and the stage is damp the shiny is 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 like driving on ice sometimes um so the first car on the road can cut in deep and he can flick gravel out onto the road now gravel pulled out off the tarmac onto the road is like driving on ball bearings so you're almost switching back to a gravel stage so the first car on the road on a tarmac rally has the competitive edge. Um, so they've got driving on a clean road, but then three minutes later we have the next car that will pull some gravel onto the road. Three minutes later, the mm. next car pulls gravel onto the road. And it gets notoriously difficult for the cars further back down right, the starting yeah. list. But the problem is, later on today, we run this stage again. So we've had, you know, however many competitors here in Spain, it's a massive entry list. The guy that was first car on the road today has to come and do that later on so if he if he's a bit crazy and pulls a bit of dirt out he's still got to drive on that stuff later on today and it's going to be really really difficult for him on the second pass but then i guess everyone behind you is going to drive on it so if you you just basically if you're going let's say early (laughs) surely you you just go as fast as possible because you're going to have to deal with everyone else's rubbish anyway yes. down the line. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what, what I find is so fascinating, you know, circuit racing, particularly F1 circuits, is, is a very sterile, safe environment. Yeah. You know, you've got big runoff areas, you've got gravel traps, you've got, you know, Armco barriers, uh, debris catch nets and, and so on. Here, you've got nothing. You know, you've got, you've got a road, you've got a drop-off where we're looking ahead, you've got a vineyard. <laughs> We've got, you know, Juan's vineyard here <laughs> with his finest good. grapes. Yeah. Slice like view we're looking at right now. <laughs> vineyard a great corner but there's like a cliff off it and then another thing yeah so um so yeah so so here that you know there's nothing there's no guardrails to catch them we've got armco barriers yeah just hit that one that's sending you right upside down (laughs) it's like a little ramp yeah but you know the drivers are, are, are you know super super safe they're super professional this is the pinnacle of the sport we've got to think that out of the entire world and everybody who's interested in rallying and everyone who drives in rallying at lower down yeah. categories there's only 12 seats available in the world rally championship at the moment so you think the drivers that we've got in those 12 seats are the ultimate the best now we can see the helicopter flying here at the moment it doesn't really work again in some in your podcast but this is the tele uh, the television helicopter that is just picking up the this first car, car on the road yeah so it hovers and waits and it picks up the car so the first car on the road coming this morning is now i think this is the yeah, you can see the eyeball, the Cineflex uh, camera underneath the helicopter, and that's tracking and broadcasting live the pictures back to the service park where they're streaming that on script screen oh, okay. at the moment. So, first car is on the road this morning, the stage is live, the helicopter is following it. <laughs> You see the heli go past, you see the, yeah. the camera on the front of it. Um, you know, I... I, I... Can you try a, a picture? There's a, a train there. 
go inside. Ah, okay. If I'm looking corner to the right. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Thanks, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> you see, everyone's Great so friendly. Great atmosphere. Yeah, People yeah, coming to yeah. offer some, offer yeah. some tips. Everyone's so friendly as well yeah. in this sport. It's really, really cool. Um, so here we are. We've stood here. We've talked for long enough. But uh, that's the first car on the road today. It's, it's top 10 reverse order from yesterday. Right. So on day number one, they run in championship order. Yeah. Uh, and then on day number two, if, if you're super good and super quick on day number one, um, unfortunately, then on day two, you're at the back of the grid, so you're you're impeded slightly by the first car on the road. Oh, there's yeah. some. Presumably, there's some tactics around that on certain events, certain stages where you're you. I don't know. I imagine some a heavy amount of snow might be particularly bad. Yeah. Where you pretty much want to avoid being car number one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Gravel rallies. Car number one um, is not not so good because gravel rally. You've got a gravel road and you're driving on those ball bearings. Mm. You know that we talked about before about the stuff being pulled out onto the uh, onto the tarmac. Gravel rally. You you if you're leading the championship, your first car on the road on day number one, you hit the gravel and uh, and well yeah you, you've got a sweep. What's called road sweeping it's sweeping okay. the road clean so you're, you're driving in a sort of like a flowing style and the rear of the car stepping out and it's just flicking the gravel off the road into yeah. the bushes and then probably after four or five cars through that's probably the sweet spot on a mm. gravel stage because you've had four cars ahead of you you're driving and then the roads just swept clean and then you get these called tram lines so you can see yeah. it helps the driver because you can see where everyone else has had uh, has been using their racing line and you try not to step out of, of, of the, the swept line on a, on a gravel stage yeah because I imagine I think we've probably all done it drive off road and you get in a rut yeah. and if you try and get out of the rut all kind of hell bases yeah do you, i guess as well you've got the fastest people going first so if you're following the rut it's in the right place mm -hmm. whereas if you i imagine this is not going to be quite like that but if you ran it in reverse order and there was maybe 500 entrants yeah the yeah. ruts are going to be not necessarily yeah we've had um you know rally poland's been on the wrc in the past we've had um right next cars coming through now um rally poland's been run on the wrc it's also been a part of the european rally yeah. championship brilliant event um but super super soft sandy surface here we go next one through <laughs> It's insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane, but it's so cool to watch. So cool. Yeah. We were talking in the car on the way, I think, to the hotel last night, how they have to do a road segment mm -hmm. in between each stage. Basically, they've got to get between the stages. And the cars are road legal, in inverted yeah. commas. Yes. Yeah. The exhausts don't sound road legal. Yeah, they are. Uh, well, they, they, yeah, no, but they have road mode and stage mode. Okay. The cars. Yeah. Do they have valves uh, or yeah, something? Yeah, they have. Um, basically, they just just, just tweak the ECU um, and change the, change the mapping of the engine with that. Yeah. So if you get to the start of the stage, the, the, you hear you see a car at the start of the stage. They, they switch it to, to stage mode. There's a button in the middle. Yeah. Switch it, and then it just basically changes the timing of the engine. Um, Calms you know, it down and, a lot. Yeah, throw, throws in a bit more fuel into the top and it is that's where you get that real and off it goes um, yeah that's why they're loud when they get to the end of the stage they switch it back to road mode so stage mode to road mode which then allows the engine to cool down fans uh, are blowing to, to cool the turbos yeah. down uh, just get rid of some of that heat soak and um, just just cool everything down and then it's more fuel efficient on the road sections but also 
as we were saying about this um, sort of sustainable part of the sport, you know, the FIA have introduced the hybrid systems into the car this yeah. weekend. And, okay, rallying can be a bit antisocial on the road sections from one stage to the other, but now they've, they've introduced the hybrid system, so you can switch the engine off okay, and yeah. just coast through the towns. Um, like in the service part yesterday, they drive into the pits under EV, or they can do. Mm, yeah, yeah. So they come in just to keep it nice and quiet. You know, it used to be notoriously loud in the service park at night because, uh, you know, the cars would come in. And you know when the cars are coming. Last night, it was yeah. like a big surprise because it's ooh, just yeah. coasting yeah, yeah, like yeah, a Prius. Yeah. It was... Presumably uh, uh, that... I don't know about how the hybrid system affects that, but that must really help with, like you said, the cooling mm. and, and and having the road sections in between. Because mm. presumably you come out of this, your turbos yeah. are all like glowing hot, and then just to park the car, yeah, doesn't work so well. Yeah, no, it, it kind of damages everything because you've just got this uh, uh, what do they call it, thermal shock or something? It all the you yeah. Know, uh, yeah, damage the engine. I, I, I worked on the uh, European Rally Championship, which is the, the, the category below for this. And I mm. did stage end reporting for the European Rally Championship for many, many, many years. Uh, we did uh, driver training, uh, media training for the drivers. Yeah, um, so as everyone's feeding up to the World Championship, quite a lot of these competitors this weekend, uh, you know, we've worked with and they've mm. been in the, in the category below yeah. as they've come up to this, this, this gain. Um, another car coming. So who have we got coming now on our... It's brilliant, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, be able so, to yeah. hear that one as it goes past. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, where are we up to? Yeah, so working at the end of the stage as a, as a, as a reporter, mm. the cars come up and... You, if you're in Greece and it's like 40 degrees and you're standing next to the car, the brakes are absolutely boiling. So you always burn your leg hair. Yeah, yeah. I normally, I'm normally like quite well known for wearing my shorts at the end of the stages yeah. and you just warm your legs on it. <laughs> on a cold, rainy event, it's quite nice because you can just stand next to it and just uh, get, get a bit of heat coming out of the brakes. And, um, and the fans in the engine bay are blowing so hard at the end of the stage. There's big vents in the bonnet and, and it, you just, you, you're just so hot. You, and you get this this heat soak coming off the car at the end of the stage the whole when the car Hot stops area, yeah. it's just this, this bubble of, <laughs> of, of sauna temperature and uh, oh, it's great it's great and also when we started World Rally Radio back uh, back in the early 2000s it was when kind of the internet was starting mm. and uh, you know we thought we could live stream content from the end of the stages it was it was the way that we could get immediate reaction from the drivers at the end of the stage yeah in prior to that the only way the drivers could talk to the print media or uh, you know tv was back in the service park after they've taken the time back to get to the central and you always got the manufactured sort of the pr line you know how was your morning yeah it was okay we're going to improve this afternoon and um you know we got some problem with the tires (laughs) At the end of the stage, when you're standing at the end of the stage, there's no better place to be in the world. The cars come towards you, and immediately you you look at the car as it comes in, and you can dart your head left to right and see if there's a puncture, see if the car's running out of line slightly. Um, Look at the expression of the driver's (laughs) face. Look and see if there's um, a twig uh, just stuck in the bodywork. Just any any little clue, little hint, little Mm. damage to the car. He's had a moment. So immediately it's like, okay, you look, 
yeah. cheesed off. Um, <laughs> you know what happened in there? We can see that you lost a, you know, you lost your tire, you lost your rear end, you lost your spoiler. Yeah. You've been off into the weeds. What happened? And at the end of the stage, we're always. We, we may wrap up some la-di-da question to make it sound yeah. all super cool, but ultimately, you know, we just want to know how that stage was for the driver. Was it good? Was it bad? And can you improve? And I'm- hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the difference between those. It's like night and day. Yeah, so much more emotion, personality, yeah. everything yeah. in that. Right, yeah. tell me right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> Yeah, you look ang- <laughs> you, you look angry. Why do you look angry? And I love the passive aggressive approach sometimes with these uh, uh, drivers at the end of the stage. Another one coming. Another another Ford. It's now. so great where we're standing now. You can really see them coming off into the from the distance. <laughs> Adrian Fourmeau, um, just a super talented French driver. He just passed us there in the Ford. And um, he's had some big shunts in his time as well. But, um, yeah, super talented. And uh, you can just see now, just the... The, the more, we've had what four cars through so yeah. far uh, and we can just see that there's yeah. pulling cutting cutting deeper and deeper it's getting faster Bits of and faster stones and rocks and gravel and whatnot are coming off yeah yeah, yeah. well so, I think that was a very good start off to the, <laughs> the sitch we've got a good base point to start from we're going to watch watch some more rally cars go past and I'm going to take a few photos and um, thanks very much and well let's catch up a little bit later and we'll pick your brains about some more should, some more nuggets we should have the box set coming out <laughs> yeah, after this maybe exactly. sit down to take the weekend the off and <laughs> right well thanks very much and Cheers. I'll see you later alright I'm back with Chris we're in a different different sort of part of the landscape at the moment we uh, just after we sort of wrapped up one of the cars Chris yeah. went off didn't they yeah Gus Greensmith uh, not, not so cool for us uh, not so good because we'd uh, spent all that time and effort going out into the middle of nowhere to stand in the vineyards and we were talking about uh, how the competition was running and, uh, and then Gus uh, went and uh, slipped off the road and hit one of the Armco barriers um, which is a bit of a problem but the car the stage was red flagged um, so we were all building up and getting ready for the yeah. excitement and tension of the, the Toyotas coming and, and we didn't really see much so what, of them and Explain to me what happens in a, a red flag situation because it's not just the problem of right there's a car in the way and we've got to stop. It's actually the cars all have to get from A to B and they yeah. all have to do a certain amount of distance and whatever. Yeah. To complete, right? And yeah. we get a car coming past in a minute. We're going to get some good pop, 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 bang, bang, bang. Good noises in the background. It sounds authentic, doesn't it? Sam? <laughs> it does. Put this on. Yes. Super cool. And then the dust cloud comes now. 
Wow. <laughs> and we're enveloped. It uh, makes for good, uh, good podcasting. Uh, it does. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, so the stage was red flagged. We were talking in the first part about um, how, how the rally is super safe. And, uh, and, and the, the priority is the safety of the competitors and also the spectators. Yeah. Um, because motorsport is dangerous. We're always uh, fed this information. But in a red flag situation, uh, so Gus Greensmith, he's on the road. He came, comes past us in the stage, a few kilometers up the road, slides a bit wide, gets a bit untidy, unsettled, hits the Armco barrier. Now, the Armco barriers are the metal barriers that you see at the side of any road yep. to keep the cars on the road. Now, that gets damaged when a rally car hits it at speed. And uh, um, we need the Armco barriers to keep the road safe, to stop cars heading off and disappearing uh, into the vineyards. Uh, so Gus' car, his car was then parked in a pretty precarious position, blocking the stage. So at that point, Gus hits, there's a little button in the middle console of the car, mm-hmm. similar, same position of where we were talking about stage mode and road mode. Yeah. So it hits the, uh, the, 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 kind of the SOS, not the SOS button, but the, the, the sort of red flag button to yeah. say, I've got a problem, I'm blocking the road. Instantly, that fires a GPS signal off the top of the car. This is where we get a bit technical, because flying above the event that we can't really see at the moment, oh, yes. this is fun. Yeah, we have an aircraft that's flying at 22,000 feet above us. And when the stages are running, the aircraft is flying in a, 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 a sort of a long sort of figure of eight kind of circle and that acts as a a, a mirror in the sky so all the telemetry uh, the radio comms the RF links for the TV are all beamed up picked up by the aircraft and then rebroadcast back down to the service park where rally control is where they keep an eye on the GPS trackers and the maps and the TV production can make the live streaming and so on Um, so Gus presses his button he's got a problem he's blocking the stage boom instantly red flagged all competitors that are in the stage at that time all receive like an SOS warning on the dashboard. Yeah. Boom, SOS, there's a problem, stop, boom, instantly, everybody off competition speed back to sensible, normal driving to try and locate where the problem is. Because what we don't want is for Gus to be on the road, parked up there, and then three yeah. minutes later, into, yeah. another car comes around the corner and we've got carnage. So that's what they did. It's frustrating for us as spectators because we head out to the stages. We want to see yeah. as many yeah. cars as possible. But they red flag it. They hold all the cars that aren't in the stage at the time at the start until they can decide what to do to clear, clear the problem. Normally in those situations, another car coming. See, I've talked yeah. for three minutes now. There's another, another car. <laughs> no, normally in those situations, there's recovery crews in the stage. Yeah. There's flatbed trucks, trucks to, to remove cars that are blocking the stage. Yeah. And they, they, they recover the car out and then they can restart the stage with a bit of a delay. TV stages uh, there's a lot of stuff that runs to time so right. timing so there's there's broadcasters that take live programming in different territories around the world from the event and and we can't delay the rally for for too long because otherwise the tv schedules yeah. for the live stages on let's say live in india or australia or, yeah, or yeah. so on um, we can't run the rally out of sync because everything needs to run to time so they hold the drivers on the start line and then they decide what to do move Gus's car out of the way by a recovery truck going in to move that out and then all the cars that are held on the start line then are driven through at 
normal conditions at road speed. Yeah. So they just basically drive the stage as a procession. Maximum speed, I believe, is about 80 kilometers an hour, so they can't, yeah, yeah, they can't yeah. tank it through the stages. And, um, and what, how does that work with their times then? Because presumably, you know, you want your full times yeah. to be done yeah. and it adds up towards the end. Yes. So you get a zero yeah. score, basically, yeah, you, you, but how does that work? They, they, the, the drivers are then given a nominal time by the stewards at Rally Control. So before the incident with Gus Greensmith earlier on, uh, the two drivers that completed the stage uh, were Sorides and uh, Pierre-Louis Lube. So those two drivers had come through. Yeah. Louis Lube was fastest than the first car on the road, so they, they come up with a nominal, uh, a, a notional time, and they, they award that to the rest yeah. of the drivers. Um, so they kind of get a time, uh, but it's just like a sort of an average um, yeah. for that stage. Everyone moves on to the next stage and fires it all back up. And I guess you get... Was it? And then 19 stages over the weekend. So if you lose one and everyone gets, a lot of people get a normal time, it's not the end of the world if you were like, that was my stage. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, you know, small, smaller events, you know, one, one day rallies, um, at lower, lower level categories. Yeah, you probably get to 10, 12 stages in, in a day. And uh, yeah, it does make a bit of a difference. But also the privateers. You know, we were talking about the World Rally Championship, Toyota, who are heading towards their manufacturer's title this year they this weekend in spain um they they just need to finish with the car on the podium and their second car in sixth place or higher okay. and they accumulate enough points that uh, that they win the manufacturer's title and this is the penultimate round right, of the season. Say, yeah. this is not over as such. No, no. So what's good for Toyota, the pressure's off, because the final round of the WRC this year, we're going to Japan. Yeah. Uh, last round of the championship, which is brilliant for Toyota. Yeah, great. Yeah. Especially if they were going into it, they're like, well, we know we won. Yeah. We're throwing the mother of all parties. Exactly, exactly. So the, the drivers, the team, everyone can go into the final stage of the final round of the season. Yeah. <laughs> to the final round of the season knowing that they've basically they've got Cali Robinpera as their world champion which is brilliant yeah. uh, they've got the manufacturer's title for Toyota based in Japan which is brilliant so the Finnish team who, who prepares the car and builds the car just north of Avascular Finland they then uh, can go to Japan and, yeah. and basically celebrate and it's um, uh, yeah gloves off and that's where they, they don't have to give team orders they can just get stuck go in and enjoy it, yeah. the event and uh, this season so we've seen I don't really know the driver so well but we've got the driver Cali yep. who is super young yeah he's 22 yeah and is absolutely smashing it yeah yeah Cali Robinpera uh, he's son of Harry Robinpera Formula a former world rally driver anyway Harry Robinpera you know Cali's Cali's been brought up in a car from the very very early age uh, so Cali's come up from a very early age and he's uh, been brought up in the rallying environment and he's Finnish as well yeah. and the Finnish guys are, are fast on gravel they know how to drive it's like on the way to school they're doing these stages yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think what's it's kind of in the blood in Finland you know you, you go to Evascular Rally Finland uh, it's a, a, an amazing event and um, they could, used to call it the Rally of a Thousand Lakes it's a stunning beautiful rally to go and watch if you were going to go to another one Sam I reckon I that's the one highly recommend that the, the beer is slightly expensive <laughs> in, in Finland but it's a really it's got, and answer. it's got big jumps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the jumps are uh, absolutely amazing. Poya is a famous stage, and, and it's just, it's, <laughs> it's like a roller coaster that just goes yeah. down, up, and down over the gravel roads. And I think this is where 
Finland produces such quality drivers because they have gravel roads in that part of the yeah. world because it's so cold. There's no need for asphalt, and uh, and they're used to driving on the slippy, slidey stuff from a. a well, isn't it part of the driving test? Yeah, yeah, I think I it is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to be able to drive on that kind of. Uh, if you can't drive on the slippy stuff, you can't drive around in winter. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's incredible, um, incredible rally. You should go there. But Cali Rompera is good. We're going to also talk about Oitanek. Uh, uh, yeah, Oitanek, who who last year was was world rally champion. Right. And uh, yeah, Oit last year another Finnish. Uh, no, he's a where's where's Oit from? Estonia, just over the water. Yeah, not far away. Yeah, no, they've got gravel roads too. So uh, so Oit is. Um, yeah, super cool, super fast, and uh, that, those two drivers have um, have sort of got rid of the Sebs, the domination yeah. of, uh, of of the Sebastian Auger <laughs> and the Sebastian Loeb before that, who are the, the French drivers who were kind of tarmac specialists yeah. and super quick as well. So. They've not disappeared fully yet, though. No, no, <laughs> no coming no. back. Well, in Toyota's uh, team this weekend, uh, we've also got Sebastian Auger, who's kind of retired. Still extremely fast, and then you've got uh, Sebastian Loeb, who is, um, you know, is is driving for Ford on selected rounds this uh, this yeah. season. And uh, there's, I mean, I had the joy a few years ago to go in a car with Sebastian Loeb mm. at the start of his career, and the guy is a master. He's an absolute talent, and uh, yeah, to to look back now at uh, like the times back then when he was driving for Citroen and what he went on to achieve, um, probably the greatest driver of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. And yeah. I mean, there's a, it's not one for now, but the endless debate of like who are the best drivers in, in, versus whether it's like you know rally or Formula One or whatever. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna open that one up now. But it's it's incredibly <laughs> impressive watching these guys do what they do now on variable surfaces. It, it, in, indeed, it is. But you've got to look at Kimi Raikkonen. Uh, you know, another Finnish driver yeah. into Formula One. He was in Formula One. He was paid a considerable amount of money to step away from Formula One for a while. He chose rally. Um, he competed on the World Rally Championship, went back to Formula One, and kind of smashed it a bit. Yeah. He, he kind of rally sort of like pulled him in and and, and made him uh, a bit more mature, a bit sharper. And uh, I I mean, think he's smashing it at the moment in Formula One. Yeah, he's killing it. Yeah, yeah, I know it's incredible. So maybe, 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 maybe. In rally back then, you know, it's it, it did something for him for his future career. You know, then I don't know what happens if we move some of these drivers. Took Calais Robin Pera, put him in an F1 car, put him in a world endurance car. You know, he's not going to be slow, is he? Might need a bit of time to adapt. <laughs> Just a little. It's going to be quick. But looking down the start list for this weekend or the entry list, we've got uh, somewhere down here. I noticed the other day we've got Stefan uh, Sarazan, uh, who is someone. Stefan Sarazan's here. He's driving. He's uh, entry on the entry list of car number 27, driving a Volkswagen Polo GTI from France. Stefan Sarazan's no stranger to uh, uh, to Weck and the Le Mans 24 hour race he's competed in that so I think there's a bit of a crossover there is a bit of, of yeah. dibble dabble in, in the various things yeah. in, in WRC I think people look at sort of reference some other series like F1 and go yeah but the top teams their car whether it was Mercedes at one point or Red Bull now their car is just faster and people go yeah but what if you put some of the other drivers in that car would they be fast yeah. is, that, is it like that in WRC Ah, it's, it's a small industry. 
um, and, and drivers move around uh, with, with teams and uh, you know one season one driver might move with Toyota they might move to Hyundai they might move to Ford yeah. they move around and uh, I think with it when they move around a lot of knowledge moves around too and um, I think it, it, it hurts a team when a driver moves to another team because those they secrets take a lot, and, don't they? yeah they take a, and, and that's value it's added value to that other team to give them that upper hand but it's the world rally championship it's a world rally team and it's not just the driver and the yeah. co-driver that makes it happen it's all the guys behind who the, the people who build the wiring looms for the cars in the workshop the guys who are doing the body panels and uh, all this kind of stuff it's um yeah, it's uh, there's, a, there's there's a lot. You know, it, it's the team that win the championship, not just the driver. But if you put the fastest driver in the fastest car, you've got a good. Uh, yeah. So no, we seem to have some mass exodus going on around us. It's All just the, uh, yeah, just most of, yeah. It's, Nothing's happened. I think just it's a tight schedule for everybody yeah. this weekend. Yeah, and jump back in early. Rattling off to the uh, to the next stage, but um, yeah, the, the the cars are built to a series. I'm just uh, just doing a bag up here, so we're good to go in a minute. Um, but the cars are built to a series of rules set out by the FIA, and uh, and you have to adhere to those rules. So the cars need to sit into a certain size box, yeah. have a certain engine power, a certain this and that, and so on. And uh, so they're more or less the same same cars. But then it's just the tuning and, and how you. And does it feel well. at the moment like? Because actually, I think this year is it correct that we've had a few manufacturers who've been winning, so we've won events. Etc. So, it, does it seem like the cars are reasonably on a level, or does one team seem, as well, a, in car point of view? Uh, in the car point of view, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swing towards Toyota because uh, you know this year for Toyota, it's uh, it's uh, been a dream situation for them, and uh, they've got this this new driver, Cali Robinpera, that they've uh, that they've uh, nurtured, brought into the team. Uh, and he's won the driver's title, so there's a lot to come from him in the future. Um, my money's on uh, on Toyota being the strongest team, but that's not because I'm biased. I'm with you this <laughs> weekend. With Toyota. Yeah, yeah. But no, they are doing very well, yes, and he is yeah, he is yeah, doing very well. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, let's let's carry on. Watch some more cars. Probably go. I think we're going to on to another stage. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, probably catch up with you a bit later. No problem. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, we're back. I'm back with Chris. And I thought we could look into some of the other elements that well, I've learned a little bit about this weekend. So maybe let's discuss a little bit about what happens at the service park and yeah. how that even even breaks down, I guess, because the cars don't just go out, do a stage, come back, get fixed for an unlimited amount of time and go out again, do they? No, they don't. They, uh, I, I call it this this cloverleaf format. Uh, a mm-hmm. long time ago, uh, way back in the 90s and prior to that in the, in, in the uh, 1980s, uh, the... the the rally was run as a kind of um, an endurance event from yeah. starting in one city, running through a country, finishing in another city overnight, carrying on the next day. And, and the whole format of a world rally ran over a number of days. And um, that, was, that was a test for the drivers, uh, rallying through the night at some stages and uh, uh, through the day. But it also was a challenge for the, um, for the teams back in the service park because whenever the cars went out onto the stages, uh, the teams had to pack up their remote sort of service Fans, throw everything in the back and while the rally cars were competing in the hills the team had to transport all the <laughs> tools and spanners and everything in their little race trucks and then uh, set up at the side of the road at these determined yeah. locations along the route so it made for a bit of a chaotic experience and, and a logistically quite quite a nightmare it, with the evolution of television and social media online content reporting the um the, the the format of the world rally championship was was 
and most rallies, was, was changed and revised in uh, uh, sort of the late 1990s, um, and as I refer to it as the Cloverleaf format. So the cars leave the service park yeah. in the morning. They follow the predetermined route through the rally stages. Let's say there's sort of three or four stages in the loop and then back into service. There's a couple of uh, sort of reasons for this. Primarily, it was down to television broadcasting. Mm. So before we uh, could live stream uh, to the internet, uh, as they do at the moment on WRC+, Plus, the, uh, the online uh, uh, program thing yeah. that you can see from all WRC events, um, they uh, were recording the footage, the onboard camera footage, on little SD cards or compact flash cards yeah. back then. And uh, it enabled... There's another car coming by. <laughs> Danny Sordo just passed us there. Now, Danny is a Spanish favourite with the Catalans here. Uh, was favoured to win this event this weekend, but he promised his fans that he was going to win at least one stage, yeah. if not the rally. Uh, and he won the super special stage at the end of day number two. So In a could... quite spectacular fashion, though, wasn't it, yeah, as well? It was yeah. significantly faster yeah, than yeah. everyone else, yeah. Incredible. Uh, incredible. Uh, helicopters, the TV helicopters actually flying above us at the moment, so just picking up Danny on, on stage. So, um, yeah, just to, as I ramble on, so uh, all, the, all the onboard camera footage was, uh, was recorded on the onboard cameras, and then it gave the opportunity then, when the cars came back into service, to ret- retrieve the footage off the cars yeah. and, uh, and then help the TV crews start editing the nightly programme. Um, in some cases, in the stages where the remote cameras are operating within the stage on tripods, yeah. the helicopter that's flying above us would swoop down, and, uh, and the crews in the oh, stages... Really? Yeah, yeah. And give them the footage. Yeah, yeah. so they have what's called a grab bag. Yeah. And uh, you put all the footage in it, you label the discs uh, coming out of the big cameras, you label the SD cards from the GoPro set up in the funky places, and you put the grab bag together and the helico will come in and, and hover above the armco nice. rails and places and you reach out and, and <laughs> toss. It's like an executive postal yeah, service yeah, yeah. to get the footage back to the service park. So the TV crew and production office is set up in the service park. It also, having this, this bigger service park environment where they don't have to pack up and move you know, uh, during, the, uh, during the day, mm. um, it also enables the teams who are competing in the championship to set up more, uh, a, a, a sort of better guest experience and fan yeah. experience. They can have big, fancy hospitality units, big, fancy service parking areas, and, and it's just a, a lot easier for everybody. Yeah, if you don't have to pack it up every yeah, yeah. Yeah, every, every, yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. Some of the structures take a couple of days to to build, a couple of days to yeah. take down, and they all pack up into the articulated lorries, and, and off they go to the next event. Big logistical um, issues going on behind the scenes to to to, to make the service park work, and. Um, so coming back now, as I go round in a big circle, coming back to the actual <laughs> rally. Leaf. Yeah, yeah. Cloverleaf. So we, we've, we've done the Cloverleaf. The cars have gone through the stages. They come back into service. And, um, and during the day, they have this period of time that they can work on the cars to, um, uh, to, to basically straighten them up, sort out any yeah. problems, and get them out on the road. Now, that time on this event is 40 minutes uh, during the day. So there is a 40-minute uh, service at the halfway point on Saturday. On Friday, there was also a 40-minute service yeah. halfway through the day at uh, the Port of Ventura service park. And on Sunday, the final day of the rally, is just 30 minutes halfway through the day, mainly because they haven't done as many competitive stages as they had right. done in the previous two days. Right. Titanic passing us in the Hyundai i20 there. And, uh, yeah, so 30-minute service. 
The cars are, are running in a, a controlled environment. They can't be tweaked or fiddled with between stages. Yeah. Um, so the team has to get it right with the correct tyres for the weather conditions in the morning before they go out to tackle the stages. So more, normally they uh, have a, a weather crew that will go out. They look at the meteorological... Yeah. I can never say meteorological <laughs> forecast to make sure it's uh, humid or damp to dis- decide what tyres they should should use um, uh, so the cars are set up in the morning they go out they do the stages you have to really deal with you know how Whatever, the car's set yeah. up yeah. The, the drivers can change the cars you know damper settings damper yeah. clicks uh, they can adjust the ride height within some limits um, between the stages they can do um, stuff to small the car things, yeah. Yeah, small things but they can only the driver and co-driver can only fix the car when they're out away from the service yeah. park with the tools they have in the car okay. and nothing else. They can't have any outside no assistance. No one can give anything. No. no and no. then when they come back in, mm-hmm. so we saw this on, on Friday night, they come in and then they've got the 40 minutes or 30 minutes or 45 or whatever it is, but they, that's, they can decide when that starts. Yeah. And then you see them all with their torches poking around, kind of like, you know, I'm not touching, I'm not touching, I'm not touching, <laughs> trying to see what might be there yeah. for when they... And then they, I guess they go away, come up with a bit of a, a strategy if, if the stuff needs to be done. Yes. And then they all pile in. But there's only a set number of people that can work on the car. Yes, yeah. I believe there's... I might be wrong with this. I believe there's eight people per, per car. So you've got a... a... I, I think it's... I think it's four per car but you can have any that's the number of mechanics you have yeah so if you've got three cars i believe this is right you can put 12 on one car if you want but they all still have will have to get serviced yes they all have to get serviced yeah the um we might have to cut this bit yeah 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 yeah. we'll 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 verify that i'm trying to work it all out anyway let's go back We'll argue over the numbers of mechanics. I there's should a, know there's this. There's a fixed yeah. number of mechanics <laughs> yeah. that you have, but you get more if you've got more cars, and you can move them between cars. Yes, yes. Certain specialists, like one's yeah. a, spe- there's a specialist bumper guy or electronics guy or en- engine guy, and um, they, they all have armbands, yeah. so, so you can see from a distance that the right guys, the right number of guys are working on the car, but you can swap the armband over to, to, a, else, to yeah. another driver. Tag in or whatever, yeah, 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 it's quite cool <laughs> to watch in, in the evenings. So you have the, e- each car has its own uh, engineers that are assigned to that car and that yeah. driver. So you've got your little, your, your, your driver and co-driver and you've got your, your, your mechanics that work around the car. Um, and then you've got the specialists that come across. Another Hyundai. Another Hyundai. And um, so they work. So during, during the, the car, let, let's take a, a, a day. So the cars are held in Park Ferme overnight, so no one can touch the cars. The cars are parked up safe. Yeah. In the morning, before the first stage of the day, there's the time on the, on the board, the, the start time for that day. And uh, on Sunday, the final day of the rally, the first car was out of Park Ferme at 6 a.m. this morning. So they come out of Park Ferme and then drive on that EV mode into yep. the service area uh, and they have a 15 minute service at the start of the day just to basically clean the car. All, all the work would have been done, yep. the major work would have been done the previous night. 
So 15 minutes, get the tyres on, um, fill up the camel backs inside the car, make sure the water's in there, make sure they've got the drinks and um, snacks and stuff for the drivers yeah. to keep them going on the road, make sure the car's all good. Then they go on the road section, today on Sunday, the final day of the rally, they do two stages, stage 16 and 17, and then they head into the uh, regroup area in, uh, in Porta Ventura uh, in Salou, and they're in there for a short while before going into the midpoint service of the day, which is 30 minutes. So the car comes in, the mechanics have got 30 minutes to work on the car, once that 30 minutes is up, you're done. And you have to, have to yeah. be out and on, on the road. Otherwise, you pick up penalty, point, uh, uh, penalty seconds for, for being late coming out of service. Then two more stages, and then just a quick 10-minute service at the end of the day. That's really to, at the end of the rally, really to wash the car down, put a clean set of tyres on uh, before they drive over the podium to spray the champagne. Right, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the teams, <laughs> you know, after the cars have competed so many competitive kilometres, this rally's in Spain's fairly clean. It hasn't rained. It's not too muddy out there. So the teams want the cars to look their best for when they go yeah. over the podium. You know, if you look at a, a Le Mans 24-hour car... It's kind of the opposite. Though. Yeah, totally. Yeah, just it, warts and all. Yeah, warts and all, fly stuck on the, yeah. on, on the front of it, you know, brake dust up the side of it. And that car is, is, is preserved then for a moment of history. And it goes into the museum. Oh, sometimes people like, wash them and clean them <laughs> yeah, and then I think get fired. <laughs> why? Why would you do that? I mean, 24-hour racing, you know, Toyota competing in, uh, in a Le Mans 24-hour race. You need to preserve that car because that tells the story. Yeah all the scars it looks great these body shells are competing here on the wrc they're cleaned up and uh, sent over the podium so the photograph with the team spraying the champagne yeah. and the cars look, uh, look great nice squeaking for the marketing yeah uh, good yeah good for the marketing. <laughs> but for me it'd be just nice if they came off the podium covered in rubbish yeah and, uh, yeah, yeah i agree yeah but for for, for tv um you know the, the power stage is also um a you know, big marketing opportunity <laughs> Rovenpera, the world's youngest uh, world rally champion, just passing us there driving the yeah. Toyota. Uh, certainly a talent. We've been talking about him uh, during this podcast. But um, yeah, the power stage. The power stage. What yeah. is that, and how does that work? Li- live on TV. It's it's a way to um, to, to sh- you know, extra points on offer for the for the drivers through the power stage, so you can go accumulate vital points for the championship maybe if you haven't had such a good run during the rally but the team's doing well you can push hard in the power stage get some extra points there for for your team and uh, uh, the power stage is broadcast live on tv there's various broadcasters um, and networks around the world that take that program yeah so this is why we have that regroup time uh, prior to the power stage starting um, just so if there is a slight delay to the rally we can't hold tv broadcasters (laughs) up on their network otherwise they're going to be dead air Um, so yeah we build in these these regroup times just during the day so we can eat into that time if needs be so the buffer yeah so the tv uh program goes on air on the right time for the power stage um at the end of the power stage there's like a little sort of fake podium for the tv right um where they they, (laughs) the cars come off the the stage into like a holding pen a field at the side of the stage or something and uh and then they just do a a sort of little fake podium for 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 tv spray the champagne (laughs) and so on and uh and and then you know off air uh, uh, and then properly for the rally rally Catalonia here later on in the day they have the uh, the, 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 the proper pomp and, and do they do that so, in town 
They do that in town, yeah. It's a crowd and yeah. whatnot and all yeah. fun. I remember when uh, it was, um, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, Sebastian Loeb. You know, he's famous for his backflips on, on oh, the podium. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he yeah. Used, used to be a gymnast. So <laughs> it's kind of the time for, you know, uh, drivers. Most of them are, are sometimes relieved that it's over, so they're a bit calm. Yeah. Sorry, the champagne have a bit of fun. Um, sometimes people start doing the robotic dances <laughs> or, or, or whatever. Worked on their moves. Yeah, flossing or whatever you do. Yeah. Is, is flossing out now? Are we allowed to do flossing anyway? I, I don't know. I, well, you can do whatever you like. I don't know whether <laughs> what, the, what the cool young... 12-year-olds do anymore. It's probably something completely different. What do you do, Sam? Well, that's, that's for me to know. <laughs> um, so what's your, what's your sort of favourite part of a rally weekend? Recce. No, Ooh. yeah, recce's an interesting one. Uh, prior to coming out to the events, uh, we, we recce in great detail um, where we're going, what we're doing, what the plan is, timing from one point to the other. And... Uh, yeah, recce is really nice because it gives you the opportunity to actually drive the stages, have a look at the countryside yeah, yeah. in a more relaxed environment. Once the rally starts, you pretty much go, 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 and there's no real opportunity to, uh, to, to relax, even for a couple of minutes. Yeah, because um, you're, you're very much like, right, got to get from one place to the next. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Legend, yeah. another legend passing. Doing, doing very well this weekend. But what, what is amazing about this sport is the drivers, uh, uh, they're heroes on, on the stage in front of us, just passing us. Um, we get back to the service park, they're heroes, their fans are there. They zip out of their race overalls just like any normal guy. They, yeah. you know, jump on the plane. Elvin Evans, he lives not too far away from me, yeah. uh, up, in, up in Wales. And, uh, you know, you'll see him on a Ryanair flight back home uh, yeah. you know, on the night after the rally if he hasn't been out on a big session. That's <laughs> probably the difference between maybe Formula One and WRC salaries. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Not so yeah. many private jets. Uh, yeah, there, there are some private jets um, and also some events in Europe. Um, if we're using helicopters to get from uh, point A to point B, uh, then there's the added opportunity for the drivers to make a quick hasty yeah, yeah, exit yeah. back home to uh, to the Côte d'Azur at the end of, yeah. uh, end of the evening and uh, particularly if we're rallying on, on Corsica or in, uh, in in Italy and so on it's it's not too far to fly home so they can be ready for uh, tea and biscuits in the clubhouse yeah. uh, or their own clubhouse it at the end of the day amazing so we've been cruising around in some helicopters this weekend which has been just so awesome but like how quickly you cover distance especially yeah. this terrain this kind of like mountainous you see all the roads wiggling and back and forth and you've got to go through little towns and whatnot and then everyone queuing and then you just drop in yeah we get out some awesome cars fly past and then yeah. And we cruise off. Yeah, but, um, it's pretty showbiz. And, and <laughs> it's it is, definitely from this side. Yeah, very, very showbiz. And um, you've got to rally Catalonia. Your access to the stages is, is fairly difficult because we've got this ribbon of tarmac lacing through the hills, through the pine trees, through the, uh, uh, the vineyards yesterday where we were. And, um, yeah, lacing through. And a lot of the spectators come up here. And we were wrecking on... Um, when we were wrecking the other day... Um, the, uh, the the spectators were already setting up camp, and that was on that was on Thursday lunchtime. Yeah. Pe- people were setting up, getting themselves a good position. So it's a real party atmosphere, a bit like the Le 24-hour race. Where it everyone is. Goes to like, a party. Everyone's having a good time. Mm. Everyone's got their camp chairs out. The weather's here is great. You see loads of people camping and whatnot. Park up for the day, for the afternoon. 
watch some cool cars in a cool setting yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and what I love about Rally, just before we wrap this little yeah. section up, sorry, Sam, that, I keep right. talking. You can edit this out if no, I'm going yeah. on too much. I'm aware um, we've got a flight soon. Yeah. <laughs> but the other thing is we've got to... Um, uh, you, know, you, you come here on a rally, you come to a piece of tarmac, which is a public road normally, in the middle of nowhere, and today it's a stage... Tomorrow it's a normal guy where Juan and Carlos are driving to work and so on. But you come to the locations you would never go to on holiday. No. So you experience okay, yeah. the real culture. If you, if you came um, to this part of Spain for a sun holiday, you'd never come up to this bit of tarmac that we're standing no. on at the moment in the middle and, and see these beautiful Catalan towns and villages and experience the culture, and the restaurants, the food. An interesting point that I'd, I'd not really thought about, but you, you don't need a ticket. You're not paying to come and watch. No, some rallies you do have to pay to come and watch. Do you? In the spectator zones, yeah, even, around Finland, you have to even buy a like rally this pass. sort of setup where you're just literally on a road. Yeah, yeah, but there's there's spectator locations, okay. so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just walking walking and talking at the moment. Uh, um, yeah, so the spectator sort of fan camps. There's a big party atmosphere in other other rallies where you do buy tickets to to watch, and others are free 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 to come. Okay. But um, well, it, I think that's probably a good good point to wrap up this. Yeah. This sort of segment. Cool. And uh, I'll catch you later, probably for a sort of a final wrap right. up <laughs> chat out of the weekend. Right, thanks very much. Good talking. Cheers. All right. Back with uh, Chris. It's the end of the day. And it's been a, it's been a great weekend for me. I've learned a lot. Thank you very much for uh, guiding me through. And. Uh, it's, been, it's worked out well for Toyota, hasn't it? It has. I mean, it couldn't get much better securing <laughs> the uh, the manufacturer's uh, title at the end of the penultimate round of the season. So great for Toyota that they can go into the final round of the season uh, with pretty much all the points in the bag and they can go to their home event in Japan uh, and kind of relax, gloves off for the team. Do- but but with Auger winning, uh, it just it couldn't yeah, get any better cool. in Spain. Do drivers in that situation tend to, like, go big? If they've if they've if they've already like won, yeah. it's done. Do they then go right? Let's just go for it. Yeah, yeah. Go hard or go home. Yeah, on the exactly. Because there's nothing to lose uh, apart from budget if, yeah. if they crash it. But uh, <laughs> going to Japan, they they they've just got the pressure off. They can uh, they can relax and they can just enjoy enjoy the moment. And we haven't been to Japan since uh, way before COVID, and it's nice to to have it back on the calendar. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good for Toyota going on to their sort of the home round at the end of the season and sign off the season in, in maximum style. And uh, and the penultimate round here in Catalonia, it's been absolutely incredible. The weather's been good. We've been flying in yeah. helicopters from stage to stage. The fans have been pretty good. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been a great weekend. I hope you've enjoyed it, Sam. I've enjoyed it massively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah, thanks very much for being my guide. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, no problem It's been great to meet and great yeah. to have a chat. Yeah, and cool. I will see you, I'm sure, at another event somewhere else yeah, yeah. maybe Finland yeah hopefully yeah <laughs> Finland next year we could we're always welcome to have guests along and to convert them and it's so great I take great pleasure in in this kind of weekend you arriving at the event not really sure how the rally uh, how, how the rally works and now you're completely hooked yeah, and converted I'm loving it I'm loving it we've transferred another one from the dark side to the to the good side uh, nice to meet you Sam brilliant thanks very much thanks Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.